Welcome to the fifth episode of While We Wait, where we share stories of hope, faith, and ministry during this time of waiting. Our first conversation today is with Marty Yenowin of both Christ Church in Clayton and Church of St. Lawrence in Alexandria Bay. Our second conversation is with Lori Arnott of Christ Church in Clayton. I hope you enjoy these conversations and that you too will be fed by their wisdom and inspiration. Hi, Marty. How are you today? Hey, I'm good, Lisa. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having a conversation with me today. Um, As you know, we're talking about, um, we're sharing stories of things that we are uh, really missing and longing for during this time. So do you have any of those things that you have been really missing or longing for? Uh, yes, I do. I, there are three things that I, I think I miss the most. Um, one is um, hugs. I miss hugs, too. <laughs> I just miss hugs. And uh, I spent about four years... Uh, working for a hospice company and hugs were an integral part of our training and our our uh, empathy for each other and uh, and I just I just miss that I, you know uh, at church I, I miss the the, uh, uh, the song of the peace it was always it's always a chance to to uh, hug and tell people that they're important in your life, mm-hmm. and uh, you feel it. And uh, so you know, it's there's a restraint now because of COVID, but you know, hugging is it's not really uh, advisable. And so I, I think I think that's one of the things I miss. Uh, and and then there's an overriding thing. I I about. Uh, Fifty years ago, I was a political science student, and uh, we were always taught that uh, you could have a, a lot of fun engaging in political conversation, and, smart, and you could be you could disagree without being disagreeable. And I, I just miss civility in in discussions that that uh, I wish we could have. Uh, you know, you you. you, you you can't. You're not supposed to talk about politics now. And you know, if you walk into a conversation or into a room, you, you kind of have to size up if they're, you know, uh, kind of philosophically with you or not. And it never made any difference to me because uh, I always enjoyed hearing somebody else's review. But it's just like everybody's walking on eggshells, and um, that tentativeness, that that lack of civility, that that lack of I'm just, you know, trying to understand somebody else's point of view is, uh, is I think, is escaping us. And I, I really woe that. I, I hope that'll come back. I hope so, too. I, I appreciate what you're <clears throat> sort of alluding to, that there's, um, there's a different kind of a connection that happens when you can engage in a conversation, even with people that think differently than you. Um, and and I agree that there's that has been a little bit uh, difficult to do these in the current state of things. 
Oh, I miss it so. And I just, uh, I just wish we could get, get back to, uh, where, uh, we can all see that all the things that we have in common. I mean, uh, there's a just basic human decency and caring about one another that really needs to come to the forefront again. And, and we have to trust each other's sensitivities that it's, that it, that's there. And it's also, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I, I miss that. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting that, that maybe, uh, uh, we can, we can regain that. And, uh, I pray for that. <clears throat> Me too. Me too. <clears throat> so I think you said there were three things. So there's hugs and there's civility. What's the third thing? Well, the, the uh, third thing was the side of the beast. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just think that's a, that's a very sensitive and, uh, uh, meaningful exchange. You know, the sign of the peace, when, I, when it first started, typically of, of, of me and I think many others, is that you kind of had to get up and you kind of, you know, maybe you could grab somebody's hand and just, you know, say peace be with you and that kind of stuff. And it was almost, uh, it was almost a force for you uh, to, to uh, reach around to, to people you didn't know or something that you did. And uh, and uh, give them a sign of the peace and mean it. <laughs> and now it, it just it just feels so natural to to kind of get up and stretch and tell people you love them and and and, and I I kind of do that with a hug too. And it's I just miss that. Well, <clears throat> I'll tell you a, a little bit. I think you'll appreciate this in ter- especially in terms of the the other things in the conversation that you brought up, um, I think it was my liturgy professor pointed out during my studies in seminary that the significance of the piece is important um, and and in our liturgy. And what he means by that is, so during the course of our liturgy, we, we pray together and then we confess our sins which is reconciliation um, to God. And then we exchange a sign of peace with one another to reconcile ourselves with our brothers and sisters before we come to the altar to receive the Eucharist. Ah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, it certainly certainly, uh, is important for me. <clears throat> me too and and um and I appreciate the the way that our liturgy kind of pieces all that together um and and it <clears throat> you triggered my memory when you were talking about hugs and passing the peace and then the civility and that connection um it, you know because you were kind of you were kind of hinting at reconciliation and um yeah. Yeah, nice. That's a nice way to put it. So, so tell me, Marty. During this time of waiting, can you do you have anything that you could share with us? Maybe something that um, has either made you feel like uh, you were in God's presence, 
or that God was um, feeding you or a sign of hope that you've experienced during this time that you could share with others who might be listening? Well, I'm, I'm in my daily prayers. I, I have been praying for, and it just, it's, it's just a reoccurring thing in my mind and in my heart is praying for people who are hungry, lonely, and or sad. Mm. And how we need to um, reach every way possible to uh, it's in our own capabilities to uh, ameliorate the, the, the suffering of others uh, with the with the hunger which is so devastating and loneliness and sad and people were just bad you know we need to be joyful again need to be happy again. We need to be, and, you know, I remind myself when I start to feel a little down, I say, wait, 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 don't do that. There's an angel on your shoulder. And by that I mean the Holy Spirit's there. All you have to do is, you know, share, share your woe. <laughs> share the woe and say, you know, Please, Lord, give me peace uh, or help me find comfort, even in suffering. Help me find comfort. And um, I find as soon as I turn, you know, my woe to uh, the Holy Spirit, I I just simply feel better. Mm. I I feel a little lift off my shoulders that I'm I'm not alone. You know, I'm 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 hesitant to bring this up, but again, you're you're um, you're tickling my memory here. But um, in our book study that we're doing right now, we're reading the presiding bishop's book, and I'm I'm only hesitant to bring it up because I'm afraid I'm going to misquote it. Um, but without having it in front of me, what he says is um, how there's he talks he's talking about the dreamers and how dreamers people who dream they they explore they open up um the possibility of something that is not yet basically and this is a very rough translation but one of the things that he says is when we when we also pray then the possibility changes into something new because now we have brought god into it and yep. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Good stuff. Good, well, good stuff. And I, I, I guess, um, and and you know, I, I, as you know, I lost Linda what five years ago, almost five years ago. And uh, I'm so blessed to have uh, Carol, actually a dear friend of Linda's and mine, uh, enter my life uh, about three years ago, and. Um, that has been extremely helpful, and uh, she's a lady of prayer, and and that's very comforting to me too. So it's, you know, she understands when I talk about the angel on the shoulder. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what it means. Uh, how, what comfort it can bring. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, speaking of prayers, um, so so the the prayers that is that your prayer request then before we wrap up today, Marty, the that we pray for the hungry and the lonely and those who are sad, or do you have additional prayer requests that we might hold in prayer? No, that, I I like to I like to I like to focus on those three. Uh, I always, I always had those who are in harm's way, and may they find safety in God's presence. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss in terms of of dealing with the the magnitude of the problem of hunger, mm. and the magnitude of the problem of loneliness, and the magnitude of the problem of sadness. And how do, you know, I, I, it, it really, you got to reach in yourself into God's presence to, to find some comfort there. But, but praying for others, I suspect, is, is also helpful. Mm-hmm. That, that, they may, that, that they may see what you see. Yes. Well, and like I said already, good stuff. Very good stuff, Marty. Um, well, listen, thank you very much for taking the time to have a conversation. And I'm sure that that there are others who will find our conversation today hopeful, just as I did. So thank you. It's, it's my pleasure, and I, I can't thank you for your leadership. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Lisa. <laughs> How are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? I am very well, thank you. And I'm very happy that you um, decided to sh- have a conversation with me this morning and share your thoughts with all the rest of us. Um, I'm just wondering if you can start off by telling us, what during this time of waiting, what have you found yourself longing for or really missing? Well, first, I just want to tell you that I um, have enjoyed the one podcast I've listened to so far, and um, I appreciate that this is a way to stay connected to our community, and I'm honored that you asked me to take part, so thank you very much. You're, um, you're very welcome, and I'm very happy that you are taking part, so go ahead. And in, um, in response to your question... Um, there are probably there are several things that I miss the most. Um, the biggest is um, that peace of mind about the outcome, being able to to count on some positives. So um, I guess the thing that I'm not enjoying is that feeling of unknown. What's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. It's, pretty unsettling. So I miss that sort of certainty and, um, uh, yeah, I miss the certainty of what is going to happen next. It's very stressful. Um, uh, and physically I miss our community. There's something 
um, really heartening to um, smile at someone and have them smile back without a mask on and to be able to be close to people. Mm -hmm. Um, The immediate community around me that I do see um, is really great, but I find when I am around other people that aren't in my immediate circle that I get more input on what's going on in the world, what's happening to other people, what their experiences are. So I really miss that point of view shift. Um, I really also miss spending time with my um, extended family and friends, all the people that I would normally see throughout the year. It's been a hard year of not having them. And I miss traveling a lot, getting away from it all. It's it, Part of what I'm hearing you talk about, Lori, if I'm hearing you correctly, is that somehow in the midst of this big global pandemic we have going on, our, our worlds have gotten smaller and also, uh, I don't know what the word is I want, but it feels like everything has gotten smaller and our access to things has shrunk a little bit. And yet at the same time, it's this weird sort of, there's so much going on around us that we don't have control over. It's kind of disorienting, I think. It is. I think feel like all the things that we've taken for granted Um, You know, for me being able to travel to Canada or Rochester to see my parents or cousins in New Jersey or, you know, other places, Baltimore, um, we are not able to um, have any of that world um, view. And then at the same time, we do have um, a greater reach with the Internet, but it is really makes you feel small. Yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate that. Um, and are you able to, so I know that some of the places that you would normally go to have, uh, well, you mentioned your extended family. Um, are you able to stay connected with any of those people in the midst of this in any way? Uh Yeah. Yes and no. It's limited. We were really great about, um, zooming as a family and that was so much fun. Um, and that fell off after the summer, so I'm hoping that we'll pick back up on that for my my parents and my sisters and their um, sweethearts um, and my brother. But we, I mean, we still talk on the phone, so I still feel like we're connected. We visited my father twice, standing outside in the cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was not as much fun to drive to Rochester for an hour and come mm, back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that it's definitely challenging times. Um, how are how how are your your little ones doing with that? How are the girls um, sort of wrapping their minds around it? Um. Annie and Mary Gilmore, so Mary Gilmore's nine and Annie is seven, um, they, they, I mean, they just totally miss the family, but they have, a, you know, such a wonderful sense of security within the home, although the stress of the pandemic is really makes things hard. For the past few days, we've had a lot of whining and bickering in the household, and I'm hoping to find some ways to 
to fix that, you know, to think about what you're grateful for instead of whining and wanting that Lego hair and that, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's driving me nuts. And I, I believe that's from the stress of the outside world that's just creeping in. Well, yes, and, and I think that that... Um that sense of everything getting smaller has also happened with the children. You know, it's like staring at the same set of walls, you know, is, is hard after an extended period of time. So even though they're able to get out and go to other places, their, their number of places are limited and their, their social interactions are limited in ways that they've never experienced before. Definitely. If we were ever feeling like we needed to get out, we could go visit mom and dad or um, my brother, go visit my aunt Eileen, you know, just go to New Jersey, visit cousins. We could just get away or even go to Kingston for the day. And now we don't have that. So we're missing that part where we would plan to see whoever or whatever we're going for. Like the Nutcracker, that would have happened probably last week. Yeah, that would have happened last week. We would go to... Kingston for the evening and see, have dinner and go to the Nutcracker. And so there's a whole element of planning and getting excited for it and then dressing up and the night of and then being able to talk about it as a family afterwards. So without these events and then seeing the same four walls, it's really tiresome. And um, it's challenging to make events that are exciting as a family. So last night, we made dinner and we watched a Christmas movie um, together while we ate. And that was like a special, a special event. But I do not like making TV the special event. That is not like, <laughs> not what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I, I can appreciate that. Um, and, and it's funny because I, I know of a virtual performance of The Nutcracker. And I'm happy to share that with you. But again, that's another screen event so um but i i can share the details of that with you later if you're interested yes please, yes, please. <clears throat> um so so tell me Lori, what where during all this time where and and the strangeness of it where have you found um what have you felt uh, either the presence of god or felt held up or strengthened is there where have you found hope during this time? Um, you know, mostly the, um, I think the time that I felt most supported is through meditation. Um, and I have, um, ebbed and flowed with my meditation practice. Um, typically, it should be daily for me, um, but sometimes, you know, during the more anxious periods of the pandemic, I have been resistant to taking the time to sit silently, um, and so it's funny, the time that I feel the most supported is in that meditation and prayer period daily, but um, I don't always want to give myself the luxury of that time for whatever reason. Hmm. Well, and all right, I'm going to think about that for a second. Um... <laughs> I, I, let me elaborate a little further. Yes, please. Um, 
when the house is quiet in the morning, um, I like to get up, turn on the coffee, stoke up the fire, and sit in my living room in front of the fire with a cup of coffee if it's really cold in my hands or sitting on the table and spend anywhere between um, seven to 30 minutes meditating, depending on several factors, kids coming down or um, my own ability to sit still. And um, during that time, and after taking that time, I feel the most grounded and centered and positive. So that has fueled me to be able to go forward and work at the co-op, which will soon be John's grocery store. That's a pretty big transition. And, um, and um, since uh, early summer, be able to do massage, run my massage business and teach yoga. So without that piece of meditation and prayer, um, uh, I would not be able to do all of this other work, which is incredibly demanding. Mm. My brain doesn't always have the luxury of sitting quietly. So that's what I mean. Okay. Okay. Well, it, it, and, and again, that goes back to that piece of it being disoriented, right? That, um, that we have this, we can't do all the things, the activities and the, the things that we would normally do to sort of stimulate ourselves. And so then our brain almost, I, speaking for myself, I guess, my brain sometimes says, huh, I feel like I'm just, if I take the time to meditate, then I'm just sitting around and I should be doing something, um, which is maybe that struggle to keep ourselves calm, quiet. I don't know. It is a struggle to keep calm and quiet. And, um, but I find that when I don't do that, the only thing that's taking up my time is either looking at the internet on my phone or computer or iPad or reading a novel, you know, which is, you know, my way of escaping. And when it's not in the time of the pandemic, um, we are able to, you know, have dinner with our friends or make plans, um, you know, find other ways to be stimulated rather than the phone and books, which I mean, I love books, but I'm not going to stop reading books. But there are times that I could be um, not reading my book and meditating or praying, <laughs> which would be good, too. Well, and and. So I, I've, this is not the first time somebody, those of us who are very social, I think share that struggle um, because we, our energy sometimes is raised. If we're a little bit extroverted, we are fed by social interactions with other people. And so this period of time has definitely been harder, I think, for people who have a tendency towards extroversion for that very reason. It's, it's, um, it's the introverts who are really thriving right now. Um, if that makes sense, I think. Oh, totally. It totally makes sense. And, um, and I have to say, I'm really lucky that with our, um, with our little bubble, um, up until now we've had Azure and her husband, um, this summer we had my cousin Glenna, her husband, and uh, her 
uh, one and a half year old, my cousin Catherine and her three children. So, I mean, we've had, you know, a pretty, pretty big, small bubble. Um, so we've been really lucky in that way. Um, so I haven't completely been introverted, but I definitely miss that, that connection with all of my friends, the yoga students, um, the, the, you know, the touching people in the yoga classes as I really miss that. And it's true. I do definitely, um, if I am dreading something, say, say it's Sunday morning in normal times and it's time to go to church and we're like rushing around trying to get everything done. I'm like, Oh, I wish that I didn't have to rush this morning and go to church. I'm having my own moment, but I walk down the street to get to church and Every person I see lifts me to another level. Every smile that I can share with every friend, you know, touch a shoulder, touch an arm, see the children, work with them, see you, listen to your words of inspiration. All of those things lift me up. And so that is definitely that part I'm really missing. Yeah. Yeah. I I can appreciate how as um, a yoga teacher and a um, a massage therapist, and and I, and knowing you, you're very holistic. So I I've heard sort of that theme throughout our conversation this morning that you're really missing the the holistic piece of everything that goes into your pieces that goes into all things Lori, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. But we are being nurtured by the time that we spend in front of our fireplace, the time that we spend outside hiking, the many hiking, I say hiking, walking, the many trails that are available to us. Um, We went up to the Wellesley Island, uh, Nina Anthony Nature Center, and um, there uh, the kids were a little resistant you know whining to get outside we got out there they were happy lots of fresh air we they saw two deer i didn't see them but i did see the woodpecker and an owl fly by and all of those moments outside um and in front of our fireplace have been deeply nurturing in a way that i have not experienced before to really slow down and let it be just us and um, have that time. That's really been very special. Hmm. It sounds, um, but well, it sounds, you know, cozy and up to the fire on a, on a cold winter day. It sounds wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Lori, um, as we're, uh, well, first, I want to say thank you very much for, for sharing with us today. It, it's been lovely to share this time with you and to hear about all the things that you and your family and your bubble have been up to. Um, but before we end, I'm just wondering if you could share or if you have any uh, prayer requests, anything that we could hold in prayer, either for you or your family or the community. Is there anything that we could pray for, for you? Lisa, that's such an interesting question because my first thought is, um, what can I do for you? 
<laughs> not what can you do for me? And so it's very humbling for you to ask me that question. And I am very grateful. Um, and so at first I would say, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to burden you with any of my worries. But um, then on second thought, I realized that, that it is an honor for someone else to be able to give. So um, I would ask for prayers of support, for strength for myself and John and my family so that we could continue doing the work that we feel called to do, both with the grocery store, um, with massage and yoga teaching that, that I can continue to lead in small ways in my community and make a difference. Awesome. Well, I'm sure that there are many people who will hear this who will be happy to pray for those things. Well, Lori, thank you again for taking the time this morning. I'm excited to share our conversation with others, and um, thank you. Oh, great. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Many thanks to Marty and Lori for sharing with us today. I hope that you found some inspiration and some hope and maybe some peace. We look forward to connecting with you again next time. And until then, God be with you while we wait.